This August the 1st Picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content and contests, including our NFL Win Totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Monday, July the 31st, and we have a full card of MLB action to handicap for Tuesday, August the 1st. Uh, Joining me um, to take a look at the games is Mr. Lonte Smith. Hello, Lonte. How are you? Mal, what's up, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, hoping to get back on track, man. Not been the best um, MLB uh, ending to a month for me. So, try. Like, hopefully, we can do that here tonight or going into tomorrow. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better because I had a horrible week, a really horrible week. I, um, I've done really well. I've got my my lock and dog tracker was nearly up to four figures in profit. I think like early in May, that like first week in May, I was like 700 pounds down. I do like a, a hundred pound stake on my lock and my dog. I was 700 quid down. And what then I that, had a fight what is, that, uh, what is that equivalent to in the US? Uh, maybe 850, 900 down. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, sorry. No, the other way. So maybe yeah, say, five, 550 to 600 down. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. And then I, yeah, it's about 80 cents on the pound, I think. Um, so then I pulled it all the way back, got to zero. I was delighted, and then I was up to nine hundred and seven in the other direction. I was I was winning nine hundred and seven, I think. Um, but last week stunk. Um, and my my tally picks were way down. I don't know what it was really. Um, last night show that me and Dylan did for the Monday games was a right mess because the card was a mess. There was hardly any games on the board. There was pictures. Um, tonight is a little bit better. We've got ten of the fifteen games on the board. Uh, so we've got the usual issues, but we've also got the um, the trade deadlines affecting stuff because right? we've got pitchers and rotations who suddenly find themselves with a piece missing right. or with an extra piece and people are getting moved forward days, getting uh, moved back days. The big one tonight, I saw only a couple of hours ago, is uh, Aaron Savale to the Rays uh, from Cleveland. Um, I mean, an aggressive move from Tampa, a good move as well because they have just sort of... They haven't dropped off, but they've, they've middled out a little bit after that hot start. They're sending uh, Kyle Manzardo, who is a 23-year-old first baseman, the number 37 prospect in in the game. Um, but, yeah, I like this move a lot. Savali has been Cleveland's best pitcher, really. Shane Bieber was wobbling a little bit before he got injured, uh, and Savali's been great. So this is a nice move from the Rays, a little bit of a statement, Lonte. Yeah, uh, I didn't even see that. Uh, maybe I was just I was working on some other stuff, but I didn't. It was see pretty that. recently, like yeah, it was quite recently, a couple of hours. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty. I think that's a pretty good move, um, especially with how Glassnow has been pitching. He's been coming back into that uh, form that before he had the Tommy John. So I think um, they might need to add a bat in between the middle of that lineup, maybe. So I'm be interested to see what they do um, between now and tomorrow. But yeah, Savale, he he's been lights out, and I my thing was. I think if Bieber wouldn't have gotten hurt, I think they would have went for Bieber instead. Um, so yeah. that's an interesting move. So I uh, I like it for for Tampa. Um, like I said, they've been reeling a little bit, but that's a good move for them. Well, there was a lot of trade talk around Bieber, and then the minute Bieber got injured, it's just right. it just right. shifted immediately. Right. And I'll tell you what, talking about how hard baseball betting is, right? How often in when we do these shows, in in a pick show, in a that's not a future show, ever, do we? stop and give out a, a divisional bet. I can't remember ever doing yeah, it myself. Yeah, right. Yeah. This afternoon, on my notes, right here, I've written down, I'm going to give out tonight Cleveland to win the AL Central at plus 120. Just I looked at how Minnesota were going. I looked at the rosters. I looked how Cleveland were going. I thought Cleveland were a great price. I thought I'm going to go out on a limb, do something I've never done before, and I'm going to tip Cleveland at plus 120. An hour late, now the best picture's gone. Like, you know what I mean? It's fucking Might incredible. Well put, put an X on it. Absolutely, yes. I don't know if I'm... If, uh, it's good for my raise bets. I got a lot of raise pre-season futures. But, um, just remarkable that the one time I considered doing it, 
uh, is the one time that um, they've traded the best player. And there's going to be loads of fun moves, I think, tomorrow. The, the deadline is tomorrow. Um, so by the time we record the show, I'm not on the show tomorrow, but I'll certainly be, uh, I'll be keeping a close eye on it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're possibly expecting Scott uh, at some point in the show, but we've got 10 of these 15 games on the board. Uh, we'll get through them and hopefully pick some winners, start the month strong. Um, the Sports Camden Podcast Patreon uh, is the place to get to, uh, especially before NFL starts as well. Uh, there's loads of stuff on there. The uh, merch, there's loads of contests. The NFL, um, it's the win totals contest, which has got a $1,000 first place prize. I've got my eye on that. Uh, the SGP Stories Podcast, the Uncensored uh, DGEN show, which is really good for the Discord channel. Uh, it's just a really good way of supporting our network. Um, so head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon and sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash Patreon. So uh, in Scott's absence, I might not go in the order we normally go in tonight. Uh, not that it hugely matters. I'll start with, however, uh, 6.40 Eastern first pitch between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins. Left-handed pitcher, Ranger Suarez for Philadelphia. Miami officially TBD, but Sandy Alcantara um, is listed in most other places. Um, and we've got lines as well, so I think the books are happy with that. Plus 102 on the Phillies, minus 122 on the Marlins, with a total of eight. Uh, Ranger Suarez is two and five on the year, has a 422 ERA. And he's one of the few pitchers who fit into a definite pattern. You can kind of look at Suarez's numbers. They're all the same. <laughs> all these starts are identical. Five or six innings pitched. Ten walks and or hits. Um, three or four earned runs. The total of the games he's played in his last five, 10, 11, 10, 8, 9. So they all come into that little middle globe. It's pretty tricky. Um, and he's won two and lost three of them. Uh, so you pretty much know what you're going to get. It's whether or not Miami are going to come out better uh, than what Suarez will give you or, or worse. Uh, Alcantara is improved, um, constantly improving. Three and one in his last five. Uh, Miami are better at home. Miami needed a, needed a win, which they picked up uh, last night. They got a little comeback win. Um, and they are a much better home team. Uh, Philly just scuffling along at the moment, not really doing an awful lot. Um, I think Miami are a good, uh, a, a good price here. It's, it's close. It was, hard, it was hard to pick. It's close on the books, which reflects that. Uh, but Miami at minus 122 will be my lead-off pick, Lonely. Yeah, I'm going to ride with you with, uh, with Miami. Uh, I think both teams have, have won three of the last five. Uh, but like you mentioned, Miami is much better at home, 32 and 21. They also took two of three in a series um, earlier in the month. They outscored the Phillies 17 to 10 um, in that series. Uh, if you want to go back to earlier in the season, they've won four of the last five. Miami, that is. Three of those wins have been by two-plus runs. So uh, they've they've got the familiarity with having success against them. Sandy's pitching well. I've been on him uh, as he's been on his upswing. So it's good to be paying off with that. Uh, it's good to see him back pitching well. Um, all three of those games also went over. Um, four, if you depend on what number you got in, in one of those games. But, I mean, I know Miami's inconsistent offensively, but they've scored six-plus in three of their last five. Philly scored four-plus in four of their last five. Uh, so I, I kind of like the over here as well. Uh, Miami's hitting 301 versus lefties. Uh, Philly's hitting 209 in their last 10. So that's kind of counterproductive, but I think both – if Sandy's going to explode, then, I mean, Phillies are going to score runs. So I feel like uh, you can hit both of those at the same time. I like the Miami to win the game and also for the game to go over. Okay, I like that, Lante. Um, I forgot to say hello to everyone in the chat. Uh, Trev was first in, TVDVJ. Uh, he's back in the winner's circle. Well done, Trev. Um, Ryan's here. A couple of nights running, Ryan. Back-to-back -back appearances. Uh, Captain Sino, um, I think I'll just jumped above the captain uh, in the DGEN's Fantasy League. Knew I was top of the league, um, but it didn't stop me giving him a little bit of stick this week. I beat Noah 7-3 last night, so I am back. Aaron Judge is activated. Mike Trout's coming back. My fantasy team will hunt you down, people. I will hunt you down. Uh, we are going to A. 7.05 Eastern first pitch. I am just going to go in order. Otherwise, I'm going to just confuse myself to death. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I was absolutely not capable of what I suggested that I was capable of. Um, the Detroit Tigers at the Pittsburgh Pirates. We have Matt Manning for Detroit. 
And we have Johan Oviedo for the Pirates. This one's priced up. It's another close one, plus 110 uh, for Detroit. Um, Oviedo and the Pirates are minus 125. And the total is at eight and a half. Uh, Lonte, I'll let you take this one away. Yeah, so I lean to Detroit, um, Andy, over. Uh, Detroit lost two of three to Miami, who we just uh, were discussing. I felt like they blew two games, and obviously I was and you know, I was on both of the games that they blew. They were up late in those games, and uh, I think they gave up uh, like maybe like two in the eighth or in the seventh or something like that in both of those games. But they could have easily been you know, on a two-game winning streak here. Uh, they lost both by one and two runs, so I don't put much stock into it. I thought they played well. Uh, they've scored four-plus runs in four of the last five. Pittsburgh is 13 runs in their last two games, which is why I like the over. Uh, Pittsburgh's also over in six of the last ten. They typically play well. Uh, or play to the over at home, 29, 20, and 3 to the over at home. Uh, both teams are hitting the ball really, really well. Uh, Detroit left a lot of people stranded in, in that series against Miami. Uh, they're averaging almost nine hits per game, both teams, in their last 10. Uh, and Aviedo, I mean, he's going to allow he's gonna allow a, con- a lot of contact. Uh, home run allowed in six of his last seven, five-plus earned runs allowed in three of his last five. Uh, he threw a gym the, his last outing. But again, I think Detroit's bats can can get to them here. So I like Detroit, and I'll lean to the over also. Yeah, the two interesting pitches, these two games, because when I see their names group up in the card, I'm quite interested in them. Matt Manning is capable. He showed that um, a few times. Yeah, he had a couple of back-to-back starts um, against Toronto and KC that were really good. Um, and then got rocked last time out against the Angels. Um, so it's it's just hard to rely upon him. Oviedo's the same. I actually... Quite like the look of uh, in fantasy of Edel's two-step week. He's, he's got two starts this week. Obviously, starting on the Monday, and I picked him up in a couple of my little in my little leagues just to get the two starts out of him. There's a home start here against the Tigers, which I quite like. Two of his last three starts were really really good. Um, so I trust of Edel a little bit more than the Tigers. I trust Pittsburgh a little bit more than the Tigers. Um, and a price of mon- minus one twenty-five is serviceable. So I think uh, Pittsburgh will get this done. Um, and I'll take Pittsburgh at home to beat Detroit. Next up is a 7.05 Eastern first pitch between the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees. Zach Eflin draws the start for Tampa Bay, and it is left-handed pitcher Carlos Rodon uh, for the Yankees. Minus 108 each of two. It is a match on the books with a total of eight or eight and a half, if you fancy it. Lonte, uh, big series this one. Uh, the Yankees... Kind of embarrassed at home last night. With the will Tampa pour some more misery on them? Yeah, I think so, man. I, I really think so. I mean, both teams have been inconsistent. Uh, Tampa Bay's lost six of the last ten, and you know the Yankees are just about five hundred in the last ten. The Yankees are much better at home in a in Yankee Stadium, thirty-two and twenty-four. And Rodon, he's pitched well in Yankee Stadium. Uh, in ten innings, he's only allowed three earned runs um, combined on eight hits. Uh, so this will be the toughest opponent that he's faced um, up until then. Although Tampa Bay's been inconsistent, I still think that their offense can wake up at any given time. And what more of a perfect time to wake up than against the Yankees? So I think that I think that they're, they're going to do as bad as it pains me to say, man. I mean, I think the Tampa <laughs> offense is going to wake up here. Um, Eflin, I mean, he hasn't been as good. Five earned runs allowed in two of his last three starts, but in the middle of those. Uh, those three starts, he did throw a scoreless, um, I think like seven, eight, seven innings. So there's that. Uh, you know, he's been up and down in July. Tampa, the thing that's, that uh, that scares me off of Tampa a little bit, they are hitting 208 versus lefties in their last 10. And I'm not sure what they're going to do with Judge. Like, I'm not sure if he's going to be in the lineup or out of the lineup. That's a big deal. I know he's, uh, I think I've read somewhere where he's going to be out of the lineup tonight. Maybe they're saving him for tomorrow. I'm not sure. But all in all, man, I think. I'm going to have to ride with Tampa here, as bad as it hurts me to say that, man. Um, Captain Cena was pointing out that in his last start, uh, Rodon was blowing kisses to the Yankees fans, I think, when it, when he got pulled. Yeah, Aaron Judge came back the other night with a bang, and then he didn't start last night. Um, so, obviously, they're, they're nursing him or platooning him. I don't know why they can't de-age him. Like, I mean, if right, so is he playing tonight? I haven't. I've read mixed reviews. I don't know. I mean, he was left out last night. That's as much as I've seen. But Right, okay. I mean... Even with a bad tour, you can stand and swing it back, aren't you? Uh, maybe. As, as I'm sure he can. 
I am not a medical professional, but that's my summation. Just get on with it, Aaron. Um, so, Zach Eflin is really, really hard to assess. Rodon had a better home start against the Mets last time out. This is really tricky. You made a great point. The Tampa Bay Bats are waking up. Uh, Brandon Lau is heating up, particularly. Judge, Judge is a bit of a fly in the opening. Because if you want to take the over in this game, which I do, like Judge is quite a big part of it. Normally, you wouldn't factor in one bat quite as much. Uh, but Aaron Judge makes such a difference. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to take the over. I'll take the over eight. Like I say, I saw, I've seen a couple of lines. Eight and eight and a half. But I think Eflin be good for a few runs in Tampa. Certainly can get the road done. So yeah, eight's a reasonable number. Uh, we'll take the over uh, in that one. Um, all right, I've just remembered this. Uh, nothing to do with anything we're talking about. Did you know that Miles Mikolas ate a live lizard in <laughs> the bullpen? <laughs> When, when was this? No, no, it wasn't recently. It was in like 2011 or something. Oh, no. They were talking about when he, he hit Ian Hamm up the arse last week and got thrown out. Yeah, that shenanigans. And people were saying that Miles Mickles is a bit of a dickhead. Now, I quite like the look of him just because he's got a funny moustache. But other than that, I don't know anything about him. So they were kind of listing all the things he did. And one of them was in the Arizona Fall League. Um, his teammate videoed him just picking up a live lizard and eating it whole. Like, wow. Wow. just put, and they put it on YouTube. And, yeah, sorry. Oh, so you you saw it already? You saw it? I've seen it, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, have a look. Um, and he's done some other silly things, but, yeah, I don't know what, what made me think of that just now. Uh, right, we, we can get back to what we were doing. So if anyone uh, hasn't seen that, go and watch Miles Mikolas eating a lizard. Uh, what are we on about? 7.05 Eastern First pitches the Milwaukee Brewers and the Washington Nationals. Freddie Peralta uh, goes for the Brewers. And Josiah Gray um, is the starter for the Washington Nationals. Plus 150. No, minus 150 on the Brewers. Uh, plus 130 on Washington. Total of eight and a half or nine, if you want it. Um, Peralta, six and eight on the year. 4.46 at home. Uh, TVDBJ always comes in the chat at this point and tells us to fade Peralta on the road. Um, now, he did get lit up by Atlanta last time, which is fair enough. That could happen to quite a lot of pitches. Right. Um, but his poor road form just seem to have levelled out a little bit, Trev. Um, the last two, his last two wins were both three to nothing as well. Um, Josiah Gray is seven and eight on the year with a 327 ERA. Um, he's had a two more quality starts to his body of work for the season, this last two. Uh, now, the Brewers have lost three in a row. Um, Jelic um, is going well for them. But the Nats are six and four in the last ten. And on their last homestand, they scored a minimum five runs in every game, um, which I think is probably good enough here because we know the Brewers don't score many. And I do like Josiah Gray. So at home, uh, where the Washington Nationals can hit, against Peralta in the Brewers team who aren't that reliable. I think plus 130 is a more than fair price on Washington Lonte, and I'll be taking them as a duck. Yeah, I don't disagree with you with how Gray's been going. Uh, he's been pretty good in July. You mentioned that. Two shutouts and only allowed um, over three earned runs once um, in his five July start, so I think that's pretty good. The thing is, I don't know if I can trust him offensively. And, you know, Peralta, he is what he is, but he's been pretty good uh, as of late, two shutouts in his last three starts. Uh, and you mentioned that Atlanta, he got lit up by them. I mean, their whole team did. They got outscored 29-18 in that uh, in that series. They've lost three of five. So I'm going to take an alternate route and go with the Washington team total under. Um, they have two earned runs of less than three of the last four games. I also lean to the full game under if we can get both pitchers to – at least go into, you know, six six and two-thirds or something like that. I think the bullpens can hold on and we can get a, a low-scoring game, three, four, two, three type of game. I don't know which way it'll go, but in in rooting interest for you, uh, I'll root for the dog. So I like the team total under for Washington. And uh, if, I had to, if I had to bet something, I would probably bet on Washington um, as the home dog. Uh, 707 Eastern first pitch the Baltimore Orioles at the Toronto Blue Jays Kyle Bradish for Baltimore and uh, Hunjin Ryu is back left-handed pitcher for the Blue Jays uh, who are minus 125 the Orioles plus 110 total of 8.5 um, Kyle Bradish um, talked him up last week uh, it's the first time in handicapping for ages and I mentioned how we completely 
gone under my radar. He hadn't gone under my radar. How good he'd been had gone under my radar. And he'd been okay. He was absolutely outstanding. Said a load of lovely things about him. And then he got spanked, gave up five earned runs. Um, Hunjin Ryu, it's his debut. I don't uh, know what to expect from him. However, this is not good opposition to be making your debut against Baltimore. They're just taking on all comers at the moment. Again, embarrassed uh, the Yankees last night. I was recorded the uh, Premier League show after Ming and Dylan did the baseball. So it was about midnight by the time I got off. Turned everything off, made a cup of tea, sat down. I thought, I'll watch this game. By the time I got my arse in the chair, it was 6 nothing, <laughs> yeah. And I was, oh, well, that's the end of that. So I like, drank my tea and went to bed. Um, so that was it. And Baltimore can absolutely do that to you. So tricky spot for you tomorrow. Um, so we're definitely getting the better team, I think. Baltimore better than Toronto. Um, or more reliable team, maybe. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, we're, we're getting a more reliable, if not better Pitcher uh, at plus 110. And Baltimore have been so good to me over the last two weeks. I, I haven't got a reason here not to take them. So Baltimore again at plus 110, please. Yeah, so I'll take them also. Uh, just a lean, though, I probably won't play it. I'll play the over. I'm kind of indifferent on how, you know, Ray's coming in to, against a really hot Baltimore team, uh, offensively especially. But Toronto's been high offensively also. But again, like we both mentioned, they're not really reliable to be consistent. They've scored six plus um, in three of the last five. So I like how they've looked offensively. But again, once you start to buy into Toronto, they let you down. Uh, they probably could get no hit by Bradish here. Uh, you never know. Um, <laughs> Bradish has been solid. You mentioned it. Uh, outside of his last start versus Philly, uh, he's only allowed one earned run in seven innings. Um, that's uh, in seven innings pitch. That's back in a June 14th meeting. So, I mean, Baltimore's won four of the last five, outscored them 30 to 19. You know, Toronto is in, is in better form, but I just don't know if I can trust them right now. Um, Baltimore's also hitting 250 versus lefties. Uh, Toronto's hitting 259 versus righties. So both teams are hitting the ball pretty well. And that's where I can see an overcoming. Um, Baltimore's also 263 versus lefties on the road with 7.4 runs per nine. So that's that's huge. That's another reason yeah. why that's another reason why I like the over here. So I'll lean to to your side with Baltimore. I think we do have the better pitcher. I mean, we just can't know what to expect from Ray. I don't know what if he's gonna come out and be rusty or what, but you gotta expect a little bit of rust, um, especially against a good offensive team. So I I'll lean to the O's, but I like the over a lot. Um uh, yeah, I love that, Lonte. I uh, love those stats back in that. Uh, 720 Eastern first pitch, the LA Angels at the Atlanta Braves. Left-handed pitcher, Patrick Sandoval for the Angels. And for Atlanta, it will be Spencer Strider. We have lines, plus 220 on the Angels. Um, they were plus 200 uh, for tonight's game as well. We took them as dogs last night. Um, minus 250 for Atlanta with Spencer Strider and a total of nine. Uh, Lonte, this is you. Yeah, man. So <laughs> the thing with so this is crazy. I looked this up and I thought I had to do a double take. So Atlanta's in two eighty nine versus lefties, six runs per nine um, in that span. <clears throat> At home, they're hitting two ninety eight. Like that's that's incredible. Two ninety eight yeah. and two eighty nine. Like that's incredible. Again. The Angels are hitting 251 versus righties, which puts me right into the fact that I like the over. I think that maybe, you know, Atlanta might can hit eight, seven, eight runs by themselves, the, the way they've been hitting the ball. 29 runs in three of the la in a three-game set versus Milwaukee, two games with 10 plus. Uh, I mean, the team total is is pretty much an autoplay for me when they're at home. They've covered six of the last 10 run lines. Uh, they've scored four plus runs in 12 of the last 15 home games. Uh, Sandoval, he's been pretty good. Four earned runs combined in his last three starts, but Again, he's facing a Braves team that no matter who's on the mound uh, or how good you've been on the mound, it's a different beast when, when you're facing them. Uh, and he hasn't faced a, a lot of good offenses uh, in his last four road starts. So kind of the numbers might be kind of, uh, I guess, inflated. So, yeah, man, I, I like the I like the Atlanta team total here. I wouldn't be scared to, to lay the run, run and a half, maybe lay two and a half on, on the alt line. Yeah, there's all sorts of stats flying around about Atlanta at the moment. The first inning run differential is something yeah, like 120, incredible. something to 38. Yeah. Um, they've put up five or six in the in the first inning several times this year. And Spencer Strider putting up historical strikeout numbers as well. Uh, Trevor in the comments is uh, putting up over over nine and a half per game. But he's uh, 
he's his strikeout numbers are comparable to some of the biggest names through history. I've seen some graphics shown out. Yeah, the Angels just make me laugh the whole time. Um, they've got they keep going. They've got to bought some more players. Uh, they've taken on CJ Crone uh, and Randall Gritchick from Colorado. Um, so Taylor Ward went down, um, got that ball right in the face the other day. That's the end of him for the season. Uh, might be okay for playoff baseball. Uh, so they've got have got CJ Crone, who's battle-hardened. He's ready. He shouldn't miss a step really. And Randall Gritchick can do bits and bobs. Um. Atlanta have picked up Nicky Lopez, which is a low key. Could be a sneaky good sided. If it was anyone else, you'd think mm, Nicky Lopez, but Nicky Lopez to Atlanta. Right. Uh, because it's Atlanta. You think, oh, what, are they, what do they know that we don't? Because uh, he's all right, Nicky Lopez. Yeah, they'll plug him in here. Yeah. 20 home runs by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a uh, um, NLCS or uh, MVP, Nicky Lopez. What, what's that bet? We'll get that on there. Um, <laughs> but Sandoval's had three good starts in a row. Um, Strider has given up nine earned runs in his last two home starts. Where I'm going with this is, I'm taking the Angels on the first five. Uh, Atlanta might just win the game because they just relentlessly go. I don't know. I did this last time. You all laughed at me. And sure enough, um, you were all right and I was wrong. Um, but let's go back to the well again. I've got, I took the Angels for the Monday night game at plus 200, uh, 205 maybe. Uh, plus 220, I'm going to take them uh, first five tomorrow and one of these two will hit so I'm going to be a unit in profit uh, by the time this game finishes on Tuesday night that's my theory yeah 7.45 oh yeah sorry to say to expand on, on, on Strider 10 plus K's in five of his last six nine plus and seven straight um, he, he's given up the long ball a lot though five home runs in his last three starts and a home run allowed in four of his last six so that's another reason why I like the over although he's been dominant he is prone to giving up uh, uh, the long ball uh, Captain Insane, well, maybe I haven't eaten enough lizards. Did you ever think <laughs> of that? Exactly. 7.45 Eastern first pitch is the Minnesota Twins at the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Pablo Lopez for the Twins and Jack Flaherty uh, for the Cardinals. Officially TBD, uh, but we think it's Flaherty going. Uh, Pablo Lopez and the Twins are minus 112. Flaherty and the Cards are minus 108 with a total of eight and a half. Uh, Pablo Lopez, five and six on the year, 4.13 ERA. He had a bad start at Oakland, July the 15th. But everything around that's been fine. Uh, happy to ignore that Oakland start. Has given up multi-homers uh, in two of his last three. So some of these cards can go deep. Uh, they might interest you. But I think generally he'll be fine here. Uh, they, the Twins are on a five-game losing streak, actually, as it happens. Um, which is one of the reasons I'd put up Cleveland for that divisional bit. Um, Flaherty, okay, three or four in his last three. But he did uh, pitch two scoreless before that, which had kind of brought him onto our betting radar a little bit. Um, the cards have turned bad again. Uh, Minnesota are the most average team in the league. Uh, they're 100% going to finish 500. <laughs> no, nothing is more certain than the Twins will finish 500 um, I, can't, I couldn't pick a side on this one one of these teams is going to win 4-3 absolutely definitely uh, I don't know which one it is but that's definitely under 8.5 uh, Lonte yeah I couldn't pick a side either man this is this is, a, uh, this is one of the tougher games on the card I lean to St. Louis but like you said I wouldn't be surprised if, if either team won uh, Minnesota cost me a lot of money me and Munaf both uh, a lot of money uh, this weekend, they got swept by Kansas City, outscored twenty to thirteen. Lopez has been okay. Uh, he's allowed, you know, mul- he has allowed multiple home runs in two of the last three in a home run and three straight. Um, but St. Louis, I mean, they don't hit the long ball that well. Uh, they do hit righties well, two sixty at home, five runs per nine in, in that span. Um, both teams averaging almost nine hits, so maybe the ball will be in play and they'll leave runners stranded like they usually do. Uh, you mentioned Flaherty's inconsistencies in July. Uh, he started a month off with two shutouts, but he ended allowing 19 hits, 10 earned runs, four home run, four of those home runs in his last three starts. Uh, I mean, like you said, it's kind of a toss-up, coin flip. I'll take the home team and, and take Flaherty at home. I don't love it, though. I doesn't love it. Um, Scott's here. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good. How's it going? Good. Yeah. What, what's been going on? Where have you been? We've been worried sick, yeah? I don't know about worried sick, but I'm sure you've been worried. But yeah, my bad. Um, 
Right, quick trivia question for you, Scott. Everybody else in the room knows the answer. Which major league pitcher ate a live lizard in the Arizona Fall League in 2011? In the Arizona Fall League in 2011. That sounds like something that... Wait, is, he's active? Yeah. No, he's very active. I was going to guess Bumgarner, but that's something he would do, but he's not in the league anymore. <laughs> it's a great that's guess. Something Bumgarner that is a great guess. That is yeah, a great guess. guess has made me laugh. I have, no, I have no idea. Who he's been in the news I, recently. I was going to guess Granky? That's something Granky no. would do. It's Miles Mikolas is the answer. Um, oh. I just heard about it today and it just made me laugh. And then I remembered uh, about 20 minutes ago, so told everyone. You might uh, want to ask Granky if, if he's ever eaten a lizard because that's something Granky might <laughs> do might too. Be. So I don't know. But... Might be a thing. You pass the uh, pass the time in the bullpen. Um, right, we we're about halfway through, Scott. We've got we've done a couple of your games. You've got a couple of off the board stuff still coming, but I'm sure you can help us out uh, with what we have got left. Um, I'm going to tell you about underdog fantasy first, though. Uh, before we get into the second half of this card, uh, the NFL season is approaching very quickly. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and available in tons of markets too. Um, loads of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where the first place gets $3 million. Um, head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. 8.05 Eastern first pitches the Cincinnati Reds at the Chicago Cubs. Ben Lively goes for Cincinnati and left-handed pitcher Justin Steele. Still can't get his name right first time. Um, goes for the Cubbies. Plus 142 on the Reds. Minus 150 on the Cubs. Toll is eight and a half. Scott, we come straight to you. Yeah, so initially I wanted to back Steele, but that price does look a little bit steep against the Reds team that has kind of figured it out lately. I know they had a nice series win against the Dodgers over the weekend. But the question is, the Cubs had won each straight, then they ended up losing yesterday, or they lost over the weekend to snap that streak. Do I really want to lay that big of a price with the Cubs? I don't think I do. Uh, I think I'm going to lean to the Reds. I'm not the biggest lively guy, but I will admit he has not been that bad this year. I mean, his ERA is below four, so he has been pretty decent. Uh, but Steele, we know, is the better pitcher, but I do think when you're looking at the odds here, I don't think that Steele should be minus 155. I think the Reds are the better team, and I think that even though the Cubs have been playing good baseball lately, that line's a little bit too steep for me for a Reds team that we know what their ceiling can be. We know how good they can be. I'm going to lean to the Reds here at plus 130. Once again, they might be down early, so maybe if you want to take the Cubs' first five, I'd consider it. But for the sake of the full game, I'm not laying 155 with the Cubs here. So it's Reds or pass for me. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, these are probably the only two names on either rotation that would have the odds this far apart. Uh, maybe Strowman, possibly, if you've been in better form. But uh, we were just having some Reds chat before we started uh, the show. And we're talking about this rotation of, uh, or possibly next season, Lodolo Green. Um, who was the other name? I call the, the other name that uh, Trev threw an output. Uh, is we Green done for the year, or is he coming back? Uh, no, next season, I think. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, and then Graham Ashcraft. And then oh, yeah, Andrew Abbott, sorry, is how, is how we started. Um, but Ben Lively, you know, he was kind of anchored this rotation. Uh, quite sneakily, you mentioned his, his good ERA. His last two road starts, the team have won one to nothing and three to nothing. Um, and that's pretty much good enough for me to make my mind up here because Steele's been great. Um, so the bit of a pitching duel, the first five under, I would take. Um, a, a little note on Cincinnati, Jonathan India has got the IL. Um, big a bit of a miss, but if there's one spot where Cincinnati have cover, um, it's on the infield where they have dozens of prospects uh, just all clamouring to get involved. So, yeah, I, I love Cincinnati, actually. I never considered that as a as, as one of my dogs, Scott, but you make a great case. But, yeah, I'll take the first five under, Lante. Yeah, so this is a big series. Uh, Cubs only three back in the loss column uh, out of first place here. Um, the Reds did sweep them back in May, but, you know, totally two totally different teams right now. Uh, Cubs on fire, winning eight of the last ten. Um they like they this is a really big series. They got both of the aces going and they got Strowman going tonight and still going tomorrow. Um, he's two iron runs or less in eight of his 11 home starts. He does have to cut down on some of the hard hits allowed, but overall, I think he's well equipped to you know 
win this game at home. Now, do I want to lay the number like Scott was saying? I'm not 100% sure. Um, so I'll lean to to them, but I'm probably going to be on the over in some sort. Uh, Cubs hitting 311 versus Rays in their last 10, scoring six and a half runs per nine. Um, the Reds are 228 versus lefties in their last 10, but hitting 257 on the road versus lefties. So that kind of balances that out. So I think we can see some runs here despite Steele being on the mound. Uh, he is prone to letting, letting long ball. Uh, giving a long ball up here. So I, I like the over. Um, I lean to Chicago at home. Okay, we're getting into the half of the slate now where there's quite a lot of TBD pictures and no lines. It might just be as straightforward as, as time zone thing. All the East Coast teams have got their plans settled just a little bit earlier uh, than uh, when we're recording right now. Uh, the first of these, we don't have t- uh, we don't have a confirmed picture for either side, which is the Chicago White Sox at the Texas Rangers. Uh, both TBD, I did see... Um, John Gray for Texas, but I hadn't seen a White Sox pitcher listed all day. I see no odds at all. Uh, Lonte, do you have anything on this? Yeah, no, nah, I didn't see. I saw Gray earlier. Um, but yeah, he's gone now as well. Yeah, outside of that, I- I'm not 100% sure. But in some way or form, I'm probably going to be on the Texas um, team total over at home. Uh, and maybe the sh- maybe on the run line. I just don't like the way Chicago's playing right now, especially on the road. But it just also depends on who's pitching. Uh, but as far as that, Nah, there's nothing much to add. Yeah, I agree. I haven't got anything on this at all, Scott. So, I guess it really comes down to how much Texas is going to be laying because they're obviously going to be laying something for the sake of this game. Scherzer pitched on the on Friday on the 28th. So, I'm doing the math in my head, and that would not have him in line to start this game. So, Gray might actually start. I know Yavaldi just got moved to the IL, so the Rangers might be having to move around their rotation a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to think who's going to start for this team. Is Jordan maybe Montgomery go, potentially? Maybe they'll go Scherzer start? Wednesday. I'm not sure. Maybe Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out who might uh, end up getting started here because, as you said, Gray might get pulled. When did Montgomery last pitch? Uh, Recently. I think uh, – let me look and see. Uh, 28th as well. So, once again, uh, both of them are not in line to start this game. So, I'm assuming for now it's going to be Gray. I thought maybe it was pulled – because of one of the new acquisitions, maybe they'd be starting instead, but no. So for this one, you have John Gray probably lying north of $2 against the White Sox because the Rangers are at home, and one of the White Sox are a really bad team. The problem is Texas was really, really bad uh, over the weekend. In fact, they've been basically useless for the last couple of days, and yeah, they let the Astros just sneak right back into the division race after dominating the Astros about a week ago, and now Houston's won back. It's another one of those spots where I think Texas is going to win, but do I really want to lay north of $2 to the team that's not in great form? Not really. So I'm kind of on the fence here. I might look to White Sox team total over, assuming it's going to be a lower number because the White Sox might be a pretty big dog here. But based on Texas's recent form, I really don't want to lay north of $2 with this team. And I'm a little bit skeptical on the run line as well for a team that's been this underwhelming lately. The White Sox aren't a great team, but offensively, they've been better lately. Anderson's woken up. They have some pieces. So I think I'm going to go with the White Sox team total over in this game, probably at a low number, because I really don't want to back Texas. I get the argument they're going to be a big favorite because, once again, they're a much better team. But I hate how Texas has played lately, and it's going to scare me off. So my main play is going to be White Sox team total over. Yeah, Texas getting swept by the Padres at the weekend was a real disappointment. No, no, they, they made a little fight back yesterday um, and got back into it, but not for very long. Yeah, it was just a, a proper anticlimax, like you say, after what they'd done. Uh, it's uh, it, the Astros. 8-10, Eastern first pitch. The New York Mets at the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Jose Cantana, left-handed pitcher for New York. And Zach Greinke will pitch for KC. Minus 148 on the Mets, plus 130. On the Royals, total is nine and a half, Lanty. Yeah, man, it's pretty simple for me, man. I, I like the Mets here. Granky four-plus earned runs in four of his last six, five home runs uh, allowed in two of his last three, seven-plus hits in four of his last six. Also, I mean, the Mets, I think they're a little too short here. Uh, Kansas City sweeping the Twins may have caused that to be a little bit inflated. Um, they're still 18-36 and 36 at home, losers of six of their last ten. Mets offense looked better um, against Washington, five-plus earned runs in three of the last four in that series. KC is 224, uh, hitting 224 versus lefties in their last 10. Mets 254 versus righties in their last 10. And I think 
um, Quintana, he's he's winless, but he's looked fine. I think he's looked good in his first two starts. Uh, he has he's went eleven innings, only allowed four earned runs combined, no home runs, so he's he's keeping the ball in the park. Uh, I think he can have some of the success against a below average offense here. So give me the Mets. I think that's a little bit too short here. Uh, Scott, interested in the Mets? Uh, I'm never interested in the Mets. Uh, for the sake <laughs> of this game, I think I'm going to lean to the over in this one. Quintana's overall numbers are fine, but if you've watched him pitch against the Yankees and the White Sox, he really didn't look great, and he's kind of struggled early in games. I know he walked three Yankees last time out, but I think when you're looking at this actual game itself, Granke's got good numbers against the Mets, but that doesn't really mean anything because Granke's well past his prime, and he's arguably washed at this point. But Kansas City offensively has kind of woken up a little bit, and once again, I'm not sold on Granke. I'm going to lean to the over. You have two pitchers that I'm not totally thrilled with here, and both bullpens, which I'm especially not thrilled with. I'm going to lean to the over. I think that one of these teams can break out, potentially scoring seven or eight, but I do think that each team will have chances to score a decent amount in this game. I'm going with the over. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to make sure that between us, we've tipped all the possible outcomes in this game because I like the first five under here. Uh, Quintana has been okay. Uh, but he's getting the Royals, which should help because they can't hit. The Royals are on their longest winning streak of the season, having rattled up three consecutive wins. So that's three consecutive wins. Uh, Zach Greinke, as much as he gets a lot of stick, he doesn't pitch badly at home still. He's okay at home. And the Mets still can't hit. I just don't trust him. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take a first five under. The Mets might get it done. I'm certainly not laying minus 148 with the Mets. Um can't really do anything else, but I think both pitches can go okay at least for a little while to cash us the first five under. 8-10 Eastern first pitches, the Cleveland Guardians at the Houston Astros. Gavin Williams starts for the Guardians and left-handed pitcher Framba Valdez goes for Houston. Minus 192 Houston at home, plus 176 on Cleveland. Total is eight and a half. Gavin Williams is one and two on the year, 335 ERA. It's been excellent lately, uh, but in short starts, short appearances, two for winning starts. He just throws tons of pitches. He throws so many pitches. Um, you might think that, like you see, two forward and starts and wonder what's going on. And I've watched them both, and he's up at around 85 pitches by the time they pull him because um, he's just walking loads of batters. It's full count. It's 10 pitch at-bats. He just gets up there. He gets up there quick. Um, but the results have been fine. Uh, from Valdez, has had too many bad starts in a row now, really, I think, for it to be anything other than a fluke. Um, uh, Valdez has been going in sort of low-scoring games. I've got Cleveland first five here uh, because I like Williams. I think he can hold it together. Um, Houston is still wobbly, and Valdez has been very wobbly. I think Cleveland can get the noses in front, so I'll take Cleveland first five, Scott. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with the uh, Guardians' first five team total over in this game. Okay, I'm a little yeah. bit concerned about uh, Williams against Houston at, on the road, You know, which is not exactly a great spot for any pitcher to be in. He has been pretty good lately, but you're looking at Valdez, and you mentioned it. He's been really bad lately. He's allowed at least four earned in three straight starts. Uh, if you want to even date back further than that, he's allowed at least four earned in four of his last five starts. The point is, I do think based on where this number is located at eight and a half, once again, the Guardians are plus 160. You're probably looking at a first five team total of one and a half for the Guardians. I'll take the over there. Like, I just think that number's too low based on Valdez's current form and the fact that Houston's ballpark, of course, is a hitters-friendly ballpark. I'm going to go with uh, Cleveland first five, team total over. It's really tough for me to find value with Houston because I don't want to lay the run line with Valdez's recent form, but I also acknowledge that Houston's a much better team than Cleveland. So for the sake of that, I'm just going to fade Valdez based on his recent form. Give me Cleveland first five, team total over one and a half. Yep, that's good. We we can both win there, Scott Lante. Yeah, so you're fading them in, in that aspect, and I'll fade them full game. I'm gonna lean to Cleveland here on, on the money line. Uh, they're hitting they're hitting lefties pretty well, especially on the road. Two forty seven, um, four runs in four runs per nine in, in that span. Uh, they're also two, hitting two sixty one versus lefties in their last ten. That first number was just um, on the road. Uh, and you mentioned Gavin Williams, two earned runs or less. In his last three starts, solid against solid offenses, but like you mentioned, he's given up a ton of pitches. Um, Philly and Texas, he was uh, two earned runs combined and two road starts, so he has some experience there. Um, 
I mean, it's just really a numbers thing for me. I haven't liked how what I've seen from Valdez, and I've been on him in his last few starts, and he's kind of let me down. So maybe it's just buyer's remorse. Um, Fifteen earned runs in his last three starts, uh, four home runs in, in the three game span. So, I mean, Cleveland's not the best offensively, but the way he's been, the way Valdez has been going, uh, I think I'll lean to them to get it done uh, on the road. Okay, uh, we go on to eight forty Eastern first pitch. Um, the San Diego Padres at the Colorado Rockies. San Diego are TBD, unfortunately. Uh, Colorado will have Peter Lambert going, who I handicapped for the Monday night game uh, until Austin Gomba showed up on the slate. Um, so, yeah, both rotations slightly in the state of flux. Yeah, no lines the result, unfortunately. Uh, Scott, can you shed any light on this? Uh, for me, I just think the Padres are going to win. I think a better question is who do you, does it really matter who's pitching for the Padres? I, I just I can't make a case for Colorado because in addition to being really bad, they traded everybody worth a damn on their offense. Like they don't have anybody left, and you're trying to think of who they might be able to rely on. I think Nolan Jones is a pretty good young player. Tovar is pretty good, and they got Diaz who won the All Star Game MVP. That's basically it. I mean, Bryant's been injured. They just traded away Grishik, who is not a great player, but he's a lefty. He's good against lefties, and they traded away Crone, which is the main trade piece there to the Angels. Point is, the Rockies have been in really bad form. They lost a series at home to Oakland, and they were underdogs in some of those games, by the way. So that's a really embarrassing uh, series loss there against Oakland. But you're looking at the Padres had a good weekend, beat Texas, and they're hoping once again that maybe the team's starting to wake up a little bit. I'm not going to fully overreact to a three-game series, but the Padres have looked better lately. Given the Padres' run line in this game, the Rockies, they can't pitch, and now they can't hit because they have nobody left. McMahon's a good point by Insano. I've never been a big McMahon guy, uh, but cool. technically, yes, he's, he's still a solid player. What were you going to say, Delonta? Oh, I was just saying, like, my man's cool. He's not like horrible. He's not good. He's like right in between. He's like he's a, one of those guys, like a that decent every... baseball player. Like he's yeah. just five hundred baseball player. Like, that, uh, yeah, but um, I forgot to mention McMahon's a good point. But the point is, the Rockies really just don't have any serious threats as far as I'm concerned, and the Padres do. Given the Padres' run line, I think they're going to be winning the series pretty comfortably. The Rockies, in addition to trading away a couple of key pieces, they're also sending a message to the rest of the team, which is I'm sure all of you are not going to be here for much longer. So I do wonder how focused they're going to be in the last uh, couple of months there. Give me the Padres. I, I just think the Rockies are going to trade away even more guys in the span of the next 12 hours or whatever. Um, the only problem I've got with the Padres is just it's another false dawn. How many more times this season are we going to see, oh, the Padres have put it together yep. for two or three days and then you come back on the show three or four days later and they haven't won a game since again. Um, and that's what this weekend smells like. Um, I'll tell you who's going to be motivated for Colorado. Peter Lambert. That's who, Scott. Um, first five under, yeah? Peter Lambert's been all right. Um, and he can keep, not entirely in check, but this number's going to be far too high. Um, I think this, there will be an overreaction to what the Padres did. And um, the Rockies won't contribute any runs to this, as you rightly pointed out. Uh, so we might get a first half under of maybe five and a half or something nuts like that. Uh, and Lambert's gone okay. A couple of good starts. I think he can uh, he can go well. So I'll take a first five under, even though the Padres will more than likely win, as Scott says, uh, Lonte. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm probably going to be on this, uh, the Padres team total. I don't know if I can trust them. I know they've been going going well. They were really impressive versus Texas. Outscored them 16-4 to in that series. Um, they did win two of three um, in a June series against Colorado. So, I think familiarity is there with them. Uh, I like the team total over whatever it comes out at. I'm pretty sure it's going to be bombs away for, for the San Diego offense. And I know Lambert's been, been okay, but, again, Current form, I think San Diego's best can get going here. 9.40 Eastern first pitch, the Boston Red Sox go to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, TBD on Boston. Um, I think it's Brian Bellow. Brian Bellow again, someone I handicapped last night. And then Nick Pavetta uh, turned up on the slate. And uh, Bryce Miller gets the start for Seattle. Uh, we have no lines on this one either because of that pitching um, decision to be made by Boston. So, uh, Lonte, Boston at Seattle? Yeah, I was hoping it is going to be Billow. I got I had Billow and Miller also, but uh, if if it's not, then I probably want to stay away because um, Miller's been pretty good. Uh, he's He was roughed up in his last start, but, you know, outside of that, 
he's been solid overall. He hasn't went over five in um, in his last five starts, so that's kind of concerning, especially against a good Boston team. If they can get to him early, then they're going to have to go to that bullpen. And uh, Seattle's bullpen isn't overly effective, um, in, in my opinion. So, depending on the pitcher, I, I'll go to I'll go with Boston and the number, of course. But uh, as of right now, it's kind of hard to kind of hard to pick and choose with no number and no for sure pitchers. I don't know why it wouldn't be Bello because, like I say, he was slated and then he's been pushed back a day yeah. for for Pavetta. I don't know why um, he'd be pushed back another day unless he's feeling something, which I haven't seen a report on. But um, I just I like Bello a lot. Obviously, we know this. Uh, Miller has been good at home, and then I, I watched a bit of both of these teams last night, and the Red Sox went down four to three. The Mariners beat the D-backs four to nothing. And they're both reasonable comp games, sort of. Both are just low scoring. Um, and I think this will be an under again. I think we'll see a total here. Probably getting up to eight and a half. Um, and I'd be happy to take the under uh, on on both of the, on, on this game with, with two decent pitchers going, who I like, Scott. Yeah, for me, I think I'm going to lean to Seattle here. Uh, it's a tough call, but I do think when you're looking at the current form of Boston, Baseball is a series of streaks, and it seems like Boston went on its hot run and then had a pretty disappointing series of loss against the Giants over the weekend. A couple of heartbreaking losses there. But I just think the, that the uh, Red Sox are going to fall back into mediocrity, which is what I think this team kind of is. They're fine. They're basically a bottom-end AL East team, and they were on a very good run for about a week and change. It does seem like maybe they're flipping back to a bit of a slump, uh, potentially for the next week or so. But Seattle's been playing quietly some decent baseball lately. They're at home, which helps. Bello, uh, once again, assuming he ends up starting, of course I like Bello as a pitcher, but recently his actual pitching schedule has been a bit messed up because he ended up having a child, I believe, right? Yes. That caused him to go on paternity leave. So yeah. I do think, once again, looking at Bello's last couple of starts, uh, just to pull up the numbers here, sorry. Um, six innings, three runs, four innings, six runs. So he Six innings, three runs. So he's been fine, I guess. I mean, you're looking at probably giving up three runs, probably going about five, six innings. And I do think that Miller's been in pretty good form lately. I'll lean to Seattle. It's mostly just expecting the Red Sox to kind of regress a little bit after a very solid month stretch, give or take. The penultimate game on the show is the 9.45 Eastern first pitch between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the San Francisco Giants. Zach Gallen goes for Arizona. And for the Giants, it will be Alex Cobb. Uh, that's new. It was Alex Wood a little while ago. Um, the Lions, minus 120 on the D-backs. Even money, plus 100 for the Giants. And a low total of seven. Uh, Zach Gallen, 11-5, ERA. He let us down last time. We talked him up. He gave up five earned against St. Louis. Um and he's two and four with a four ninety ERA on the road. Um, Alex Cobb is six and three on the year, two ninety seven ERA. Uh, he's got a one oh nine home ERA. Um, we're talking about a low scoring game in a park where Cobb goes really well against a team who are really struggling. Even money. Um, I only saw this line in running as we were recording this. And I nearly fell off my chair. I'm all in. This uh, I'll be taking this undoubtedly. Uh, the Giants are even money in this one, Scott. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that the wrong team's favored in this spot. I get that Gallon has been a Cy Young favorite for a while, but he's overall been underwhelming on the road. He's got a 3.36 ERA in general, a 4.97 ERA on the road, and that's in 63 and a third inning, so a decent sample size there. Did pitch well against the Giants earlier this season when seven and two-thirds gave up two runs, but recently he's been okay, just not his usual Zach Allen self, because since the All-Star game, six and a third, five runs against the Cardinals, seven innings, three runs against the Braves, and five innings, three runs against the Blue Jays. So he has given up some runs recently, and I'm not sure how many runs the Giants need with Cobb being this good at home uh, all season long. So I'm going to go with the Cubs. Uh, sorry, I'm going to go with Cobb and the Giants on the money line here at around even money. Uh, Cobb at home this season has been hilariously good. A 1.09 ERA at home in 49 and two thirds. And since the All Star break, he has been solid in two of his last three starts. Did struggle against the Reds, but won six innings scoreless against the Athletics last time out. To go through the actual record that Cobb has in 
the last couple of months, or I should say the Giants record with him. Sorry, doing it in my head. Uh three and one, seven and one, seven and two, eleven and two. They're eleven and two in his last thirteen starts. I'll take the Giants. Okay, double bubble then for the Giants, Lonte, three out of three. Yeah, I'm going to take him too. I, I yes. agree with Scott. Like, wrong team favorite. I think Gallon, obviously, he's awesome, but we, we know his home road splits are what they are. And he's been giving up the long ball. Five home runs allowed in his last three starts. I think San Francisco is going to hit the ball way better at home. Uh, I mean, I don't think a team should be favored. I know Gallon's good, but they've lost eight of their last 10. I mean, uh, you've got you to gotta put some kind of restraint on it. So, I mean, plain and simple here. I just think the wrong team's favorite. I think they end up they end up going off the favorite um, once the once people get more um, into tomorrow's card. So I like San Francisco at home. I will go ahead and bet them now before before they turn into the favorite. Uh, the last game on the card here is a right old mess. I would not want to be a bookie pricing attempting to price this up. Um, you've got the Oakland Athletics. At the LA Dodgers, it is a Cowboy time 10-10 first pitch. Uh, Ken Waldichuk for Auckland and Lance Lynn for the LA Dodgers. Um, Waldichuk is officially TBD as well. Lynn's been slated all day for the Dodgers. I mean, I wouldn't have a clue where to start here. Scott, you're a better man than me. What on earth would you do with this if you were a bookie and then as a gambler? Well, it really comes down to how big of a favorite the Dodgers are because I'm not going to take Waldachuk. I think that he is, once again, a work in progress, which is a generous way of saying he's young and has some talent, but he hasn't pieced it together yet. Lynn has been, once again, not great this season, but there's been worse pitchers out there. I think he's fine uh, for the sake of this matchup. Oakland had a good series offensively against Colorado, but facing off in course field always helps the offense out. Then again, they did get shut out on Sunday, so I guess they didn't exactly put their best foot forward at the end of that series. I'm going to go with the Dodgers in the run line here. Uh, they lost a series at home to the Reds. They don't lose many series at home, so I do think that the Dodgers should be pretty motivated to take out the trash, so to speak, over the next couple days after losing a series against the Reds at home. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Probably, my, I'm trying to think of how big of a favorite, though, because I'd say one and a half, but I don't know how big of a favorite they're going to be. Like One and a half is probably going to be a minus price. I think they win this game very comfortably. I'll put it that way. I, I just think that you're looking at Waldachuk, who doesn't go much distance. He walks a lot of guys, and the Dodgers do have a lot of firepower in that offense. Oakland's been hitting okay lately, but once again, facing off in altitude helps with that. I just think the Dodgers kill them in this series because, once again, they're going to be pretty motivated after losing a series to the Reds. I'll back Lance Lynn in this spot. I'll go with the Dodgers' run line or minus two and a half, and they'll win by three-plus runs. Okay, Lante? Yeah, so, I mean, he, he might have switched uniforms, but, you know, Lance Lynn, he's still been getting smoked over the last two months. Uh, 23 earned runs in his last five starts, six home runs combined in two of his last three four-plus earned runs in seven of his last ten. So I'm not going to take Oakland, that's for sure. I'm just going to – I'm going to take them in the first five. Mal, we know – you know we yeah. love the Oakland, we love the Oakland <laughs> first five, man. I brainwashed him. We got him. So I'm going to get I'm gonna get on the Oakland first five bandwagon. Hopefully they can keep it, you know, 0-0, zero, zero, maybe even slide in a, a run, be up 1-0. I mean, I even take a tie because we, we win there. So um, – I'm going to look at the over also. I think Scott hit it on the head. I think that the Dodgers, especially um, at home, are going to look to put up some runs here. So I will look at the over, a full game over, and also I'll be on the Oakland first five. I'm not sure if it matters, but I'm going to throw it out there. Lynn has faced off against Oakland's active lineup 71 times in terms of play appearances. Uh, 183 batting average and 183 on base percentage. So Oakland has never touched him well. Uh, then again, Lynn's been really bad this year. So <laughs> just read into it however you want. But historically speaking, Lynn has done pretty well against this team. Yeah. I was like a proud parent there, Lonte. Listen to you give that pick out. I was filling up, got a little tear in my eye. Um, yeah, this is horrible. Waldy Chuck's very scary. But you can't bet on Lance Lynn. Oh, I can't anyway. Um, so I think the cop-out pick uh, is to take the over because you've got two ways of getting there, which is the Dodgers get all the way there by themselves or Oakland can help out and Lance Lynn uh, can give up a few as well. So that would be my pick. But it's, it's going to be low down on my list of... Uh, of games to bet on tomorrow. Um, and that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, got us to the end of the handicapping. Uh, so we will hit some lock and dogs. Uh, Lonte will let you lead us off. 
All right, cool. So for the lock, I'm going to go with, let me see. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to get an updated number um, on this. Uh, let me make sure it's updated. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with Baltimore plus 107 um, against Toronto. Uh, I got Bradish on the mound. I'm not sure how um, Ryu is going to be coming back. He should be a little bit rusty. But I think Baltimore, they hit lefties really, really well, especially on the road. So I think they come out. And, and get a big win uh, against a rusty pitcher who has to kind of find his way through. Um, I know I know Toronto's been playing well, but Baltimore is in a different groove um, as of late uh, over the past month. So I like Baltimore as my lock at plus money. So I think that's a, that's pretty good. Um, as for my dog, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lay the run and a half with the Mets. Um, surprisingly, that's at mm. plus 105, 106. Uh, if you shop around, probably gonna get. You know a little bit better, but I think the Mets are are slated to for a big a big uh, offensive outing here. Um, I mean, Kitana he's been fine. I mentioned the numbers, but Granky, I, I just think that they're going to be able to get to him. And if they can't win this game uh, by multiple runs, then they should be relegated to maybe like Triple uh, A or Double A, wh- whatever, whichever is the lowest, whichever the lowest amount of baseball is. So give me the one and a half uh, for the Mets plus one hundred six. Okay, got a rare sighting of a Mets run line there uh, over the last few weeks for Lonte. Scott, what do you have? All right, uh, so for my lock on this one, I am going to go to something that the line doesn't exactly exist right now, but I can speculate what it's probably going to be. It's a game that I talked about before. It's going to be the Guardians' first five team total over, probably to one and a half against Valdez. Valdez has been in really bad form lately, so I don't exactly trust him to pitch well. And Cleveland's actually been very good against Valdez in uh, their matchups previously. Cleveland's entire team uh, has uh, success. I believe that the entire team is combined about 320 in batting average against Valdez in his career. So the point is, Cleveland, we know, doesn't exactly strike out that much to make a lot of contact, and Valdez has given up some hard contact lately. But I think when you're looking at, once again, this line, it does seem like it's priced solely based on Valdez's season-long reputation instead of being focused on his, on his recent form. So give me the Guardians' first five, team total over one and a half. I just think that line's way too low in a hitter's-friendly ballpark with a pitcher that's been in this bad form. So that's going to be my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to go with the Orioles' money line uh, against the Blue Jays. Simply put, I think Bradish is fine, but it's mostly just looking at Ryu, who has been good in the minors, but once again, he has not pitched in the majors this year, and now suddenly he's playing 130, which I don't really agree with. I don't think that's a fair price at all. I think that line's kind of insane, to be honest. I think Baltimore's a much better team. They're probably going to win the division, but you're looking at Ryu, once again, not pitching for basically a year plus. I I want nothing to do with the Blue Jays in this game. So I'll take the Orioles' money line. I uh, just think, once again, fading, fading a guy who has not pitched in such a long period of time is usually a good approach because you never know what you're going to expect from this pitcher, and Baltimore has the firepower to definitely torch him if he's going to be underwhelming. Uh, so for that reason, give me the Orioles' money line as my dog. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Captain Insano, breaking some... Uh... Some trade, some trade news in the chat. Mark uh, Canha, or Mark can't hit, as, as Dylan coined him last night. He's gone to the Brewers. Uh, the Brewers who can't hit, pick up a bat that can't hit. Oh, very on brand. Uh, Justin Jarvis goes to uh, the Mets, who's the number 30 prospect. Uh, my luck is uh, Minnesota and St. Louis is definitely going to finish 4-3, as I said. I'm not sure who two, um, but it's definitely under eight and a half. So that's my luck in that one. Um, and... I wish I'd gone first now because my dog's Baltimore. So I wanted to put it out before both of you did, but I refused to change my mind. So we're going for a triple. Well, it's not a triple dog because Lonnie locked it up at plus money. Uh, so, but it's the triple pick uh, at Baltimore at plus 110, which will almost certainly jinx them. Um, so fill your boots on Toronto. Um, and that is that. Uh, Lonte, anything you need to tell us about before we go? Nah, uh, I'm back tomorrow. Hopefully, it's a profitable day and uh, we get we get on the right side of some of these games that are going on tomorrow. So, looking forward to the card tonight and tomorrow. Uh, Scott, uh, not really much more to add. Uh, I will give the Mets props though, because you see a lot of teams that struggle to actually win anything. Maybe I'm talking about my team. Maybe I'm not. And they keep trying to endlessly push for something that doesn't exist. 
at least the Mets realize this team isn't meant to be and they're blowing it up. I'll give them props for that because there's some type of, I'd say, awareness that a lot of teams lack where you just realize this team doesn't have it. We might as well try to start over. I'll give the Mets props for it. At least they realize their team's not very good. I can't say the same about a lot of other teams, and I think a lot of other teams would have kept it going in this case. Maybe San Diego, for example. But props to the Mets for actually realizing that they should blow the entire team up. Yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty wild, I reckon, watching how the Mets rebuild, um, even though it's not officially rebuild. Yeah, according to uh, Epler. Um, Thanks, everyone, who joined us in the chat. It was live and kicking as per usual. Uh, Good luck with all your bets. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I'm off to eat a lizard, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers.